if you just look to prospect for new conversations every single day, you'll be amazed what starts to happen. But most sales reps prospect to try to find something to sell to somebody right away. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to find a new conversation to start. And that conversation over time can lead them to a sale. Now, now, your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration, perspiration, perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. The Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the vice president of making shit happen, Terry Lancaster. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to the Get You Some Radio Show. Now, I had a couple of uncles when I was coming out of high school, and both of these guys wanted me to join the army because they, they're, they're, they're from the greatest generation. They, uh, when they went to the army after high school and it changed their lives. It made them men. They thought that's what I needed to do. They didn't know me very well. I've got a vicious anti-authoritarian streak and that just not would have not worked out. So what I did out of college is I went to work selling radio advertising and selling radio advertising changed my life and made a man out of me. And I'll tell anyone who'll listen, if you can drop into a small town in Mississippi and sell hot air to business owners, you're probably going to be okay for the rest of your life. You can find a way to put food on the table. Today's guest, friend of his father's, convinced him that selling copiers was what was going to make a man out of him. And if he could learn to sell copiers, he was going to be okay. So he's been selling copiers for the last 25, 30 years, and now he's teaching other people how to sell more of what they're selling. He's the host of the Selling from the Heart podcast and the author of the upcoming book, Selling from the Heart, the co-founder of the Social Sales Academy. My guest today, Larry Levine. We'll be back with Larry right after this. Make more friends. Sell more cars. 97% of car shoppers say they would prefer to know their salesperson before they ever set foot in the dealership. People buy from people they know, like, and trust, and they refer their family and friends to people they know, like, and trust. Visit TerryLancaster.org to learn how your sales staff can get more reviews, more referrals, and more repeat business by building better, stronger, more authentic relationships online and in real life. TerryLancaster.org Larry, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing great, Terry. How about yourself? I uh, man, I am I am fantastic. It's a beautiful day in Nashville, Tennessee. So, oh, I'm so I'm so jealous because you know it's funny. My wife was born and raised in Bakersfield, California. A couple of my kids were born in Bakersfield, so that's like kind of the Nashville of the West. Yeah. So we're all country music fans. So I'm kind of jealous. I'd rather be in Nashville right now. Yeah, they had a big they had a big Baker, big, big Bakersfield exhibit at the Country Music Hall of Fame, uh, fame with uh, Buck and Dwight and all that. Yeah. There. So uh, so we love Bakersfield here. Oh, I, I just don't like the weather in Bakersfield, but that's that's a whole nother story, my man. Hey, so so your dad's friend convinced you that selling copiers was going to make a man of you. Did it work out? Uh, uh, well, you know, it, it got me to where I am today. But, you know, what, what's really interesting about this is I always say selling is not rocket science. Yeah. If, if, if you want to meet a true rocket scientist, I'm more than happy to introduce you to my dad. So th- that was interesting because growing up, I hated work. I hated school. I just hate I despise everything about it. It was just a time in life that if I look back on it, you know, I kind of regret. But my dad was just a brainiac, Terry, and, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And and so forth. So I, I remember this after I double majored in college and he says, Hey, you know, son, you re- you really got to figure out what your plan is because he grew up in that generation 
where you had your career laid out before right. you graduated college. You know, that was just that generation. Yeah. You know, you found the job and you stayed there and that's all you did. That was that generation yeah. years and years and decades ago. So I didn't know what I want to do. And he goes, Hey, listen, he goes, my dad was traveling at that time because he was a rocket scientist for the U S air force. And he goes, Hey, I was on an airplane and I was sitting next to a guy who was a copier rep, you know, for a major manufacturer. And he goes, tell your son, if he can go out and sell copiers, and stand it and be successful in it for a year he's worth his weight in gold so i go why not mm -hmm. and, it, and it was it was the roughest first year i ever i ever had i had to go down the street pulling doors knocking on doors carrying brochures in the middle of the summer in bakersfield california <laughs> not in the oil fields yeah. but it you know the, the one thing that i did learn is hard work pays off and perseverance pays off and discipline pays off. And, you know, if there's anything I always think my dad all the time is he gave me the work ethic yeah, to kind of stick to it. And I think that's half the battle. I, I just stuck to it and I made it at a career. Yeah. Well, work, the work ethic definitely pays off. The thing everyone has to remember is the work ethic pays off, but it doesn't pay off in a straight line. It's not a one-to-one -one thing. You can work real hard for a long time and it takes a long time to pay off. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always say, you know, the biggest thing is plan, prepare and practice. And yeah. that's, you know, that's the big thing that my dad taught me is plan to do your homework, practice doing your homework and prepare to do your homework and good yeah. things will happen. Well, yeah. I didn't really realize it then, but I realize it now. So, so you, uh, you've, you've gone from that and w tell me, uh, well, the, the thing that uh, I find most interesting about you, and I've been following you for a little while, that yeah, you're, you're, you. you're in the copier business, you, you, and you teach, well, I was. you I were was. in the copier business, and now you teach copier salespeople, and that is the ultimate business to business strategy. But you teach them how to make it a business to person strategy. So how, how do you make the leap from a, for a B2B product, business to business, to making it consumer and making it social? You know, I, I'll, I'll take you back because it's probably about, this is probably 10, 11 years ago, is, and everyone who knows me really well knows I always wanted to stay one step ahead of the curve. And that happened about 10 years ago when I hired a business coach. Yeah. And it was the best thing this person ever taught me was how to brand myself. And that's what I, that's what I took to heart is how do you brand yourself in a commodity driven market? Because, you know, though I did come out of the office technology world, most of them don't view themselves as a commodity because the buyer views themselves as a, they view salespeople as a commodity, though the salespeople may not view it that way. Right. I said, you know what? This person says, you're going to have to learn how to play in the online sandbox if you want to be successful in any kind of sales. And I go, well, tell me what that means. 10 years ago. This is 10 years ago. So what do we, yeah. 2018? It's like 2006, 7, 8, somewhere right in that. So yeah. it's like 10, 12 years ago, I go, what do you mean? And he goes, you got to understand how to position yourself as a credible expert, both face-to-face and online and you got to learn how to drive people to find out more about you online he goes trust me if you can do this you will reap the benefits of it later on mm -hmm. and i just did that old work ethic i prepared and i planned and i practiced and right. he coached me along the way and i built out he helped me build out this little you know by now we just call it a landing page but back then it was two or three pages that was had, a website <laughs> that was a website back then yeah. but i was able to articulate my why People knew the story. They knew the Larry Levine story. And furthermore, I personalized it, Terry, by everything that I sold somebody. I had my arm around him in front of the copier, my arm around him in front of the printer, yeah. my arm next to him by our delivery truck. Why was I doing that? Because 
that was social proof back then, even though I didn't know what the term meant. Right. So I can get the Terry's of the world and everybody else, my prospects and my clients onto my website. They'll find out something about me, but furthermore, they may see somebody that's done business with me. Yeah. And that was the first step in really learning how to brand myself and drive traffic. But one of the things I learned a long time ago is sales reps have to proactively market themselves. And that's the big thing that I see sales reps struggling with today. Yeah. Is how do you proactively market yourself in a world where you're already behind the eight ball already in the minds of the buyer? Yeah, and the the marketing is is actually it is taking up as at least as much time as sales now because so much happens online in every business, no matter what you're selling. The road to the sale begins online. Well, and people and people just don't understand that, and and that's a hard thing to go. If you look in your personal life, we all go to social in our personal life. It's we don't even give it a second thought. Mm -hmm. But yet in the sales world, I don't care what sales channel you're in, everybody struggles with it. Yeah. They just can't, they can't put two and two together. That's why I said, you know, the way you sell things and the way you buy things are totally two different things. Yeah. Two entirely different processes. It's interesting. Yeah. So, and one of the things that I, so, I, you I, know, go ahead. No, as I was going to say, and that, that's, if, if sales reps can just understand how to correctly position themselves, both online and offline, that's half the battle right there. But the yeah. problem is they walk one way and they talk a different way. Yeah. One of the things you said in the book, now thank you for sending me the, the advanced copy of the book, got a chance to read some of that over the weekend while I was getting ready to talk to you, but you had a couple of chapters in there about self-awareness and the link between self-awareness and branding. And the quote that stuck, me, stuck with me was, if you're being the real authentic you, you have no competition. No, you're right. And here's the thing is most people don't know their authentic you. And I always say, you know, people have a brand, people have a story. They just don't know it because they don't know themselves. And, you know, let, let me give you an example. And I, and I use this just to kind of bring the point across is let's just use a car analogy that if you don't properly maintain a car over time, that car starts nickeling and diming you. Right. So if you don't take care of the brakes in a proper manner, right over time, then you have to replace the rotors. If you don't align the front end, you're going to chew tires. If you don't properly maintain your car, you decrease your gas mileage and everything starts to wear. Right. Same thing happens as a sales professional. If you don't do preventative maintenance on yourself, Terry, how can you go out and do better business? So in the, in the, in the first part of this, and I just learned this the hard way is I wore a big V on my chest, which is being vulnerable. And I right. said, you know, I have to get to know the real me. And if I get to know the real me and I know what makes me tick and I can align my visions and values to that of my clients, my prospects, I've, I've already risen above the sea of sameness. Yeah. But I think, I think too many salespeople are just wobbling through sales Yeah. from sales job to sales job or so-called sales career to sales career, not knowing what they want to do because they don't know them. And furthermore, you know, I talk about sales chaos in the beginning of selling from the art they lead a chaotic life because they haven't figured out their vision. They don't know their values. So how do we, how do we figure that out? I mean, the sales is tough. You got, you got, you got bosses yelling at you. You got quotas that you got to hit. You got customers that are, that are mad about stuff. There's not a lot of time for, for self-reflection. And, and, and when you're in, when you're in the heat of it, when you're in the street, when you're knocking on doors, self-reflection doesn't seem like it's going to help you pay the bills. How do we figure out who no, we are? Because you don't, you're not doing self-reflection as jump, you know, Jeb Blood always refers to the golden hours. You, yeah. you can't be doing this in the golden hours. To me, I self-reflect. I get up at the ungodly hours, three thirty in the morning. That's, that's just crazy, me. by the way. It's crazy just, talk. But, 
<laughs> but but it is. I use the first 30 minutes of every day and I just sit in my office in the dark, believe it or not, and I just self-reflect, right? Yeah. What did I do yesterday? What do I need to do today? How can I become one step better than I was the day before? Yeah. And then I go to the gym and clank weights for an hour and I clear my and I clear my head out. But self-reflection can happen first thing in the morning or it can happen late at night. Yeah. And it's just clear, you know, it's just clearing your brain because, you know, I just recently wrote a blog post about being invited to the pity party all the time. Mm-hmm. And in sales, we're always in being invited to the pity party. You know, poor old me. But yeah. we have to take personal responsibility for our actions. And I think if you can just sit down on a daily basis and say, Who am I? What am I grateful for? Can I do better? What did I learn today? Or what did I learn yesterday that can help me do my job better and clear our minds out? Now you can start going through life with a little bit clearer path. But unfortunately, most people probably wake up 45 minutes before they have to go to work. Right. And then they rush, you know, they knock back a cup of coffee, eat a banana, and they're out to work. Yeah. And they don't have time for themselves. Yeah. It's quite that's- simple. It, it just takes consistency. And that's why I always say, you know, sales reps are consistently inconsistent. Because you do it for a couple of days and you go, oh, nothing's working right. So then you go back to doing nothing to right. begin with. And complain about the job, the work that you're not doing isn't working. Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's why I say this, you know, sales reps have hypnotized themselves into believing what they're not doing doesn't work. Yeah. You're not doing it anyway. So how do you know it doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> and well, you, uh, and let's talk about do the work. What are, what is the work then? The work has changed because, because the, the way people, the buying process have changed. So we have to change the way we sell to match that process to their processes and people buy are buying on social selling on social media. One of the chapters or one of the articles I think I was reading this weekend, it was talking about how listening is the new prospecting and social media is open 24 seven for you to listen and prospect and keep the funnel full. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying, you know, I don't want to preface is it's not that outbound prospecting's not productive. It still is Yeah, because I grew up, that's all I did, right? I grew up, when there was the only, the only ways of doing things was phone and field and that's it. But what I found out is if we can integrate social into our sales process and I look at it as a sales process and some people might look at it, the buyer's journey, but we all just know that in sales, you have to be proactive with how you do things. And social is just another way of proactively helping you do your job better. So when I say listening is the new prospect, and we already know that everybody's on social. We live in a social world. We just have to get over it. It's where we're at. But your prospects and your clients have at least a couple social platforms that Mm -hmm. they're communicating out on. It's up to us as a sales individual to listen. Listen to what's being broadcasted out there and use it as a way to do three things, educate, engage, and excite people into a conversation. But the problem is, is if you're not effectively leveraging the phone and you're not effectively leveraging all the other outbound methods to prospect, I don't think you're going to be as successful leveraging any aspects of social. So since I grew up, Terry, where I had to pound the phone and I had to pound the field, the minute I found out another avenue to communicate, I became stronger at outbound. Right. Because to me, it's all the art of the conversation. It's how are you starting and continuing that conversation? It just social happens to be another avenue to do it. 
Well, the thing I, t- I tell folks or I like to say is that, that social media can help turn cold calls into warm calls because you're talking all the time, 24-7. You've got conversations going on. So when you do pick up the phone, when you do have to make a sales call, when, you, when it is time to talk business, you know, they already know you like you and trust you. And you've got that going on. And it's not just a question of dialing for dollars anymore. Yeah, and one of my favorite sayings to salespeople is, how do you expect to get noticed in a marketplace when nobody knows you exist? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a tough pill to swallow. But then I say, you know, guys, if you're not properly prospecting and you're not properly leveraging social, how does anybody in your marketplace even know that you exist? They don't. You got to combine all this together and be proactive in how you do your job, which means you have to have time and patience to do it. And those are the two things that I think sales reps struggle with the most. Time and patience. Time and patience. They all say I have no time and I have no patience because they want quick results. Right. Right? And they want quick results because their sales funnel is not as full as it should be. So right. that's why everyone goes, well, with all, because I mean, I lived in that 30-day window, right? I got to sell something in 30 days. I got to meet my budget in 90 days. I got to hit my quota. I got to hit my bonuses and things like that. But if you consistently do this every single day, you're amazed what happens. And I tell people it's all mindset. So I said, you know what? If you switched it, Terry, and I said, if you just look to prospect for new conversations every single day, you'll be amazed what starts to happen. But most sales reps prospect to try to find something to sell to somebody right away. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to find a new conversation to start. And that conversation over time can lead them to a sale. One of the things that you, you talk about a lot is you have a couple of articles, one on commission breadth for salespeople, one on quota breadth for sales managers, and how the commission breadth, if you're constantly thinking and talking and motivated by commissions, or if you're constantly thinking and talking and motivated by quotas, that's going to change the conversations that you have. And it comes across when you're talking to your customers. It comes across in two seconds. And I always, I always tell people, I said, you know what, There's the, the buyers today are so smart. They can smell, they can smell insincerity a mile away. Yeah, like bad they, cheese. They, they have, and they, they've heard all the lines, they've heard all the buzzwords. And I said, when, you know, I always say because, you know, it stems from the podcast, Selling from the Heart, but I said, you know what? A selling from the heart professional leads with their heart, not the wallet, because people can smell commission breath. Mm-hmm. They can smell it a mile away. They can smell when it's all about you and not about them. And I think one of the best books that I really latched on this is about 10 years ago. It was a book called Slow Down, Sell Faster. I don't know if you read that book before. I've not Terry. seen that one. Slow Down, Sell yeah. Faster. Who wrote that? Yeah, it's, it's written by a guy named Kevin Davis who actually came out of the copier channel as well. But I read that book about, I want to say 2009, 2010, and it really hit home. And I said, you know, it's hard to sell something to somebody if you don't spend the time to get to know them, their issues, their challenges, their problems. But the problem is, is due to bad sales funnels, sales reps just want to cram that sale in as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. And that's, they lead with commission breath. They think about, oh my gosh, right? I got to make the sale. I got to meet quota. I don't have anything in the bank account. And it shows. But if you're consistently doing your job day in and day out, you'll be amazed what happens. That's why I wrote those articles. It's kind of comedy as you get to know yeah. me. I'm pretty straightforward. I hit it hard. But sales reps can smell. I mean, people can smell commission breath on sales reps. And it's even worse when the commission breath is coming from your manager is beating you over the head. Yeah, beat, beating you up about the quota. So how do we change the mindset? How do you go ahead and, and build this mindset where you're the – 
going from a transactional business model where it's all about the transactions, all about closing the deal, getting the deal done, to building the relationships that are going to keep your funnel full for a longer time. What's the biggest thing? What's the biggest clicker to make the mindset payment? How do you, how do we get salespeople to change their mindset? Uh, one word is called consistency. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you, you know, everyone has always asked me, well, what's the secret to how you did, how you, how did you get to where you're at? And I said, it's not that hard. Yeah. It's simple. Just do your job. Right. I, I mean, there's, you, Come to work every day, practice, plan, prepare is my motto, right? Grit, grind, and grow. And it's really interesting because I'll, I'll share a story. So I responded to a social post. This goes back about, I don't know, 30, 45 days ago, Terry. And somebody says, what sport reminds you of sales? And my response was, there's not a single sport that reminds me of sales because until sales leaders hold sales reps accountable to practice every day, prepare every day, plan every day, watch yeah. game films with sales reps, then there is, you can't compare. So how do we fix it? Sales leaders got to get back to the basics, right? If you want your salespeople to improve, then you have to improve. It's a team effort. Mm-hmm. But sales leaders can't expect their salespeople to improve if they're not willing to help their salespeople improve as well. Yeah. My two cents. I don't think there's any, there's no secret sauce. Everyone's chasing the silver bullet yeah there's it's no, quite they, simple it, it, it is it's, there's no secret sauce it's just getting in and doing the work and sales analogy uh the one uh, the one i've used is that uh, uh especially leadership is like blocking in football it's it's about you know putting face to face and where the head goes is where the body goes and where the leader goes is where the salespeople are going to go and if the leader is being consistent and practicing and, and putting putting words into action then then, then the salespeople are going to follow if, if the if the leader is uh is full of smoke, then, uh, then he's probably gonna have a bunch of salespeople that are full of smoke too. Well, yeah. And, and that's why salespeople run the asylum Yeah, because sales leaders allow it to happen because there's all, you know, just like I said, you know, unfortunately there's not enough sales professionals. There's just a ton of sales reps. Well, conversely, there's a lot of sales managers, not a lot of sales leaders. Right. And thus the vicious cycle happens. But I always say, you know, it, it took you a while to get where you're at, right? The problem in sales, has festered over time. You can't fix it. It's not like walking into a dark room, you flip the light switch on and you got light. Yeah. The problem is, is people want instantaneous success, but you know, the problems that exist in the sales world today didn't happen overnight. So once you you realize that, then it's easy to fix the problem. It just consistently do it over time and watch what starts to happen. A little bit of effort applied on with a consistent basis. Yeah, because it's easy because someone always says, well, what's your return on investment? I go, it's your return on effort, right? Yeah, yeah. You put no effort in, don't expect anything to come out. <laughs> Tell us about the book, Larry, Selling from the Heart. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. You know, it's, it's been a journey. It, it, it was a commitment that I made a long time ago to my wife that, mm. you know, by the time I was 50 and I'm 53 now, I was going to write a book. Well, it never happened, but now I, I did write it. And what really happened is it stemmed out of my podcast. And uh, my co-host, Daryl Amy, and I started the podcast a year and a couple months ago. And we started for one reason, is we wanted to stick to our motto of just bringing real, genuine, heartfelt sales to the sales world. And it was November last year. I said, you know what? I think I'm going to start writing a book. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's really what I said. I really want, I'm going to bring me to life in how I approach the market because I think that's the missing link is there's not enough heart in sales. Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know what, if you take your heart and your mind out of 
how you function, you become lifeless. If you take your heart and your mind out of sales, you're lifeless. So in selling from the heart, it's really how you bring you to the forefront. It's how you align your heart and your mind to your business to allow you to prospect better, to allow you to take better care of your current clients, to allow you to lead with the insight and educate. And if we tie this all together, you'll be amazed what happens because I just think we're at a point in time, at least it's my opinion, we're at a point in time where salespeople are so behind the eight ball. You're already, you're already got a black eye. Yeah. But to me, you know, I, I, I always led with this motto is there were salespeople that would outsell me. There were salespeople that would outsmart me, but nobody would outcare me. And I put my clients up on a business pedestal and I said, you know what? There is nobody that's going to take as good as care of you as me. And this is why. And this is what it means to me. And I kind of, you know, I got a little, you know, I roll up the sleeves and, you know, it gets a little mushy gushy, but that's me. That's how it made me, me feel and my clients respected it for it. So that's what people will find out when they read Selling from the Heart. It's yeah. just, you know, bring your heart and bring your mind to your job and watch what happens. The problem is, is we might bring our mind to work, but we don't bring in our heart to work. Yeah. And that's why, you know, commission breath exists. And that's why people lead with their wallet. And it's all about me because they have no heart in what they do. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the great thing about social is, is there's, you know, social combines your personal life and your professional life. And there's only one you and you have to be the real you, the same you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because there's no downtime. There's no more nine to five. It's 24 seven. And you, you, ha you have to, you have to bring all of you to every interaction every time. And, you know, and, and that's what I said. I said, social doesn't sleep, yeah. right? You, you can effectively do your job, but you know, Monday through Friday between, you know, certain hours in the early morning and then late in the afternoon and the early evening, but social you're 365, 24, seven. This is a great way for you to position yourself all the time. And I just learned, you know what? You get what you get. The same way I act face-to-face -face is exactly the same way I act online. No yeah. different. Has to be. <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, when I'm face-to-face -face with my buddies, I might use colorful language and I don't right. use colorful language online. But yeah. still, but you get what you get with me. And, and I think that's the thing is there's too, there's too many sales facades out there. There's too many fakes. Yeah. And they just can't figure themselves out. If you lead with the heart, you'll be amazed. And if you walk, talk, and act as a genuine, authentic, normal, real deal salesperson, people will catch it like that. The reason being is they don't see it that often. So all of a sudden, you rise above the sea of sameness because they're expecting you to act like everybody else. And then the minute you show that you care and you truly care and you look them in the eye and you're concise and you, and you share your conviction, people love that stuff. Mm. I personally witnessed it and I've seen it with the salespeople I work with. But so I'll, this, I'll stick to it. Yeah. The show here is, is the get you some radio show And everyone. When I, when I first started the show, everyone thought the get you some was, was all about, <laughs> was all about commission breath. It was all about making the deal, getting that money. And, and it is because we're salespeople. We got quotas. We, we want to do that. But the sum and get you some radio show is health, happiness, and prosperity. Get you some health, happiness, and prosperity, build a better life, build a better business. And that starts with building a better you. And I promise everyone, if they're going to listen to the show, if they're going to watch me and my friends run our mouths for 25, 30 minutes a week, they're going to walk away with one thing that they can do 
today, as soon as they put down the phone, one, th one, one action step that they can take today to start building a better life, to start creating health, happiness, and prosperity in their life. And I got a lot of car salespeople that watch the show. Don't know how many copier salespeople we got. Uh, we got, some plumbing, right. got some plumbing supplies yeah. salespeople and sales, sales is sales. So these are all people who eat what they kill, Larry. What's one thing that they can do today to get started down this road to selling from the heart? it's real simple is know why you're doing what you're doing. And it's simple as that. And I ask people all the time, Terry, why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you in this career? Why are you selling what you're selling? Why are you at that company? Mm -hmm. And if you can truly understand that and are clearly articulate it, you're light years ahead of everybody else. So it's know your why, know your story and know the value you bring as a sales professional out into the business community. Quite Starts simple. with why. Starts with why. I mean, you know, I, I eat, sleep, and breathe Simon Sinek stuff, and I, and, you yeah. know, and I know that's so cliche, you know, you know, it's all about the why. But once I understood why I was doing this, I was able to clearly articulate it. Yeah. The thing is, is a lot of salespeople don't clearly articulate their why. They don't understand it. They're just in a job, not a career, and they just view it as a means to an end. But truly understand your why, clearly articulate the value you bring, and know the story you bring and be able to share that with your clients on how to help them do better business. And if you can do that, watch what starts to happen. All right, Larry, how does everyone get in touch with you? They need you. How do we buy the book if we want it? Uh, the, the book will be, I'm crossing my fingers, Terry. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm on the, the ball's about on the five yard line using the football analogy. So I think the book's going to be out next month. So yeah. they'll, be able, they'll be able to find the book on Amazon. They'll yeah. also be able to download the first three chapters of my book in the next couple weeks at sellingfromtheheart.net. You can listen to the podcast at sellingfromtheheart.net as well. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time at Larry Levine, 1992. All right, Larry. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Enjoy the weather and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for having me, Terry. Thanks, Larry. Get you some radio. You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.